episode of Block Talk, presented by Theta in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there's an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. This funny lady has been entertaining New York nightlife for years, remaining one of the staples on the scene. It's the Glam Award winning Ari Kiki. Hello. Hey. How are you? Getting yourself? Freezing, cold, snow, (laughs) why? Listen, the day before it was what, 70 something? 30 degrees on Sunday. I had the AC on. Very temperamental. Yeah, she's not happy right now. No. Um, But other than that, how are you? How's life? Good. Busy hustling. Yeah. That's a good thing. I mean, we're we're breaking out of uh, the COVID zone a little bit, so I feel like a little bit, yeah. I mean, slowly... a little nervous to how quickly they jumped on that, but <laughs> right, uh, we're we're slowly getting to some sort of um, before times. Feelings, yeah, but... if that's a, if that's even impossible. Yeah, it's it's never going to be the same. We're still always going to have the the some restrictions, but it's nice to I feel mean, a I, bit of normal. I, I haven't got wearing a mask on a regular basis. I don't, I don't get as sick as I usually do. That's that's the truth. I mean, look look how healthy we all could have been if we were wearing masks forever. I mean, they've done it overseas for years, so. Right. Well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast and um, share with the listeners all about you. So let, let's start from the beginning. Where, where are you from? I am born and raised in New York City, Midtown Manhattan. What is life like as a born and bred New Yorker? Um, it's... It's wild to see how many people f- travel into the city mm-hmm. to grasp at the magic that New York is. Yeah. And um, I think if you're not born here, the hustle comes harder to you. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a, as a born and bred New Yorker, I'm used to the hustle and bustle. Absolutely. Um, and seeing people come in and like either get trampled physically and literally uh and emotionally um it, it, it's hard to see sometimes but it, it's not a city for people who who don't have it in them you know yeah you have to have a tough skin here you do it, it it's not, it's not like it's not that we're mean people i don't by default no. even though that used to be the reputation i don't think new yorkers are are evil or, or evil intended i think they just you know Mind on the money and, and go where you got to do, do what you got to do type of stuff. Yeah, it's really um, we all come to New York because we have ambitions. And we, if you are from New York or the area, you stay in New York because, you know, it's the place to be. It, it's right. It really is the city where dreams can come true. Can. can come exactly. True, the word. Can. Uh, <laughs> and again, come, as someone who's grown up in the area, can is the key word here. Um Mm-hmm. Not always going to happen. Not always going to happen. No. Um, aside from walking faster, what tips would you have for a tourist coming <laughs> to New York? Um, 
take some time to visit the parks mm-hmm. when, when in, the, in the summertime, ideally. Uh, the beaches are not what they should be. It's not a real beach. Nope. It, it's like a landfill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't let the city get to you if you can. Uh, it, it's not always going to, you're not going to hit it out of the park the first time around in most cases. Uh, it's definitely a city where you have to try and try again. Uh, right place, right time is very key, I think, in New York. Knowing the right people, getting to know the right people, and networking, which is very easy to do in New York. It's just sustaining those relationships. Absolutely. Um, now, I think it's also key. As a New Yorker, being being a child in New York, were you exposed to a lot of what New York had to offer in terms of the art scene, whether it's museums um, and, and theater? I think through school, I was, um, we did museums and stuff like that. Uh, I, for some reason, lacked that interest. That's fair. In museums. Um, and I'm not a Broadway queen by default, mm-hmm. uh, but I do enjoy Broadway. Um, but it's something that I've kind of leaned into harder in my older years. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As time has gone by, I, I appreciate certain things more, but I'm not a museum person is not something I gravitate to. I also dodge attractions uh, like Statue of Liberty. I think I've seen maybe once or twice in my life. Um, I've been Empire to the State Statue Building. Liberty. Is like just a building to me. Nothing yeah, special. I, I, so I've been to Statue of Liberty once. I've never been to the top of the Empire State Building. Lived here my entire life. Never been. I think I think my parents took me once when we were younger to Empire State Building. I don't think I've ever been on. I think maybe through school, I maybe set foot once on Ellis Island. But I definitely yeah, never I, been I inside think, the Statue of Liberty as far as I can recall. Yeah, I don't think I ever like went to Ellis Island. Like we 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 drove past it on the water, but we never really. <laughs> I never went in. Um, yeah. but like museum wise, I still do have the dream of doing the overnight stay at the Museum of Natural History. I would is love that, to do that. How is that? How, is that how does that work? You have to like, I don't know. Like, we, oh, well, you have to pay a lot of money for it. Um, but yeah, um, you get to like have like this kind of like slumber party at the museum. And after like night at the museum, that movie came out. I was like, I want to see everything to come to it. life. Um, but <laughs> what dreams when, when I win the lottery, that'll happen. You never know, you never know. When did drag enter your life? Uh, the first inkling of drag came into my life in my early 20s. Um, I was coming out of the closet and uh, working at Toys R Us in Times Square uh, mm-hmm. for context. Mm-hmm. And so I, that was my first real forte into like getting to know gay people. The store was full of us while we were everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of them were actors on Broadway or like struggling actors on Broadway. Um, And so uh, Halloween came around and I dressed up in drag uh, through the help of one of my, through the help of my fag hack from high school. Um, And so that was the first dabbling in drag. I had, I created a character called Marble, uh, which was the use of my first three, first three letters of my first name. And the first two letters of my last name. Um, Smart. And of course, every time someone gets in drag for the first time, they think they look amazing and super mm-hmm. fish and very passable. And that's never the case. Um, I did. I dabbled with that character for maybe a couple of years to maybe three years tops. Um, maybe uh, doing drag competitions once or twice, only at excess. 
which no longer okay. exists. Right. Uh, on 24th and between 7th and 8th. No, 7th and 6th. 7th and Broadway? 7th and Broadway. Around um, there. And so that was my only, that was the beginning of my dabbling in drag. Um, and then I took like a five-year break uh, because I got into a relationship that didn't work out. Uh, but he wasn't a, a big fan of the drag. Um, he, claims, he claims differently now. Um, but I recall in the time of being in a relationship that that was not the case. So drag went into a closet. Um, and when I got out of that relationship, I volunteered at the New York Anti-Violence Project. And we had to do a, um, I was tra- tra- training to handle the hotline. Uh, and so you have to like take a couple of courses to understand the LGBTQ plus community, um, which I'm very thankful I took because it definitely opened up my eyes to a lot of things that I don't think Absolutely. track or, or don't exactly come across your face on a day-to-day basis if you're not familiar. And so that kind of got me questioning my gender a little bit, got me questioning what I thought drag was supposed to look like. It was around the same time that season two and three of Drag Race are coming out. Mm-hmm. So that's, I know season three was the kickoff of Arikiki. Um, and that's, that was kind of like a phoenix coming out of the ashes of the relationship yeah. uh, situation. All right. So when you start out as Arikiki, what is the origin story of the drag name? Uh, the drag name, so at this um, volunteer spot that I was at, um, the that person who ran the training, her name was Jennifer, and she was very cool, uh, amazing trans woman. Um, at the, uh, she doesn't work there anymore, but she, so I spoke to her about like doing drag and like wanting to like entertain the volunteers while we we're doing stuff at, at, the, at the workshop. And so she's like, yeah, if you if you want to, because um, we would do something called, uh, I think they were called safe, safe packets or safety packets to hand out every Pride event. It was basically the condoms, lube, and yeah. a bunch of paraphernalia, and it was just mundane work at some point. But I'm like, I'll I'll get up in drags and I'll perform a number for the group. And so I had seen a film through back in the day when you would rent Netflix films. <laughs> you get the three DVDs at a time, yep. and so I was like, I was looking like I would get them. I was still living, I think, with my parents at the time. Maybe no, maybe probably not. Um, but I would go through like the whole LGBTQ category and like order whatever foreign film was there. Mm-hmm. Came across some foreign film where the lead character's name was Ari, and I liked that it was short, gender neutral, and not that different from my actual name. Right. Um. So Ari stuck with me. Uh, and then I really wanted to go by Ari Star, but it, I feel like if I wasn't a star, <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> I didn't know. I it, my back, it might hurt my, uh, it might hurt. So um, I ended up uh, through the through the workshop. I learned. Uh, I was informed of. I learned about um, fall culture a little bit um, about families in that are that are chosen family and stuff like that. And the word Kiki came out across the vocabulary of words. And the way I was taught or informed what the word meant was it meant to gossip, joke around, or not take yourself seriously, which I felt were all traits that I love. Yeah. And there's also another way to, another short 
name because I think a lot of memorable names are short and quick and easy to say when you're drunk. Absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> That's the key right kinda, there. Yeah, when you're drunk. And so Arikiki just stuck and it's been Arikiki since. I love that. How Thank would you, you describe Ari in three words? Um, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, horny. Fair. <laughs> or sexually deprived. <laughs> Interchangeable. Aren't we all? Um, fun, horny, and just trying to have a good time. I'm here for it. How long does it take to transform into Ari? Um, I can get into Ari. I can. I've done it in like 25 minutes. When push comes to shove, that's not key for me. But I have been able to do it in 25 minutes. Um, ideally, I like an hour, an hour and a half. That's fair. Do you have any traditions when you get ready? Um, play music. Uh, not necessarily stuff that I'm learning or or stuff that I'm performing, but I like listening to music. I like watching stuff on YouTube. Uh, but I can't watch. Like I, I used to watch TV shows while I was getting ready, and I get too distracted, and it was slowing down my process. Fair. So I can't have anything like I have to focus too much, just stuff in the background. Yeah. All right. I want to just to learn a little bit about the evolution of your mug because your lips are on every t-shirt out there. Everyone knows about your your mug. So let's discuss your drag style a little bit. How did the, how did you decide that's how I'm going to be remembered by? So when I first started doing drag um, as Ari Kiki, uh, Vicky would do my makeup a lot of the times. And one night we were, we we would always get ready at her place um, because she lived in Harlem. So it was easy to travel to like Hell's Kitchen uh, and Chelsea from her place compared to wherever I was at the time. And so uh, she goes to me, if you're going to be doing this on a regular basis, you really need to learn how to do your own mug. And so she, which was perfectly right. You know, I think it's, you know, you have to be able to do your own face. Uh, We all can't be RuPaul. Um, And so... (laughs) We all don't have RuPaul money. Nope. And so I, one night we were, I was doing my face. Um, we were heading to b- b- the old Boots and Saddles um, because the nonprofit that I was volunteering at was doing a fundraiser. And so I, was, I had chosen to perform a song, a cover of Carly Simon's You Belong to Me. Which okay. for some reason Jennifer Lopez chose to cover on her first or second album. Okay. So I wanted to be like this love scorn drunk individual. And it was right around the same time that Heath Ledger had come out as Joker or the promotional stuff had come out. And so I just kind of like drew one lip down, one lip up as my interpretation of that. And it just became my trademark real fast. Nice. I mean, it's kind of important to stand out, and especially nowadays with a million totally. and a half drag artists. Um, but I mean, even when I got into the scene, probably around like 2017, everyone knew who you were because of your your mom. The lips. Yeah. The lips. Everyone knew Lobs had a lip. Um, so I also like to lean into, once I like once I've thought about it more, I like to lean into the comedy tragedy mask mm-hmm. from um, yeah. Broadway. Um, but that wasn't the initial intention. And I've also had people refer to it as the tornado or hurricane lips. Because <laughs> it looks like it. a symbol for a yeah. hurricane or a tornado. I love that. Have you ever <laughs> thought about, okay, let, let, let's phase it out. Let's do a beautiful mug. Or are you like, no, this is it. Well, currently I'm bearded. So it, I right. really can't do the lopsided lips with the beard. So I haven't been doing the lips 
post pandemic, I haven't been well, mm-hmm. pandemic ish because we're not technically out right. of it yet. No, uh, I have not been doing the lopsided lips, which hurts because it's just become such a trademark for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at this point, I've built the name absolutely, and so everyone, every, I mean, my persona and my vibe is already known, so like people already know me and they're like, you look a little different, but like the person's still the same, so. There it is. Now, when it comes to putting together a look, what is the first thought in your mind? Is it, I'm going to look glamorous or I'm going to be comfortable? <laughs> Depends on the time of day, depending on what the gig is. Fair. But almost always, I'd, I'd rather be comfortable, as, mm-hmm. as comfortable as I can possibly be. Right. Um, I, I also don't try and wear too much black because I like colors. I think mm-hmm. colors are loud and part of the personality. Absolutely. Uh, but like, as, first of all, I don't wear stockings um, or fishnets. They just uh, are hard to come by in my size, and they also rip so easily. Yeah. Uh, so my defaults are always leggings from Rainbow. <laughs> um, as my under, or if I can wear pants or long skirt, that'll be an option. Um, but generally speaking, I love a romper. A jumpsuit romper is my old, my, that's almost becoming a trademark of mine. And I need to like, I have like maybe 10 to 20 of them. And I keep on wanting to buy more. I'm like, girl, calm down. Stop. Like (laughs) you have too many. You never have enough. Well, then we come, you get, you get seen the same stuff over and over again. So you kind of like. It's true. I mean, I, 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 I'm not a drag artist, but I still have like this phobia of wearing the same shirt back-to-back podcast. So, like, I have to make sure I have different um, shirts for it. Like, it's so stupid. No one's ever going to so know it. It's just me. Um, right. Well, I always end up posting a photo on social media. So, like, it's, exactly. if it's cropped to a certain point, I kind of can get away with it. So, as long as it's not the same wig and outfit combo from, like, the last week. <laughs> exactly. Now, you mentioned um, Rainbow. Now, obviously, watching Drag Race this season, they're, they're clearly sponsored by Snag Tights. Have you been to snagtights.com to <laughs> I haven't yet. I'm kind of curious because I actually may have looked at it once because they also sponsored, um, I think they sponsored an episode of Ah, uh, on uh-huh. Wild Presents. Makes sense. And so that kind of like made me interested because I think they mentioned they have plus sizes. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, tights and stuff like that, I feel like they're not made to, to endure. Right. So it's not something I want to invest in too often. I always like every time they're like you use this uh, materials supplied by snag tights. I'm like, none of them in that room want to wear them. That's why they wear right. them on their head. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no one, what are we no doing? one does pretty quick drag for some reason this no. season. No, no. Who now when it comes to putting a look together, do you ever decide, you know what? I'm gonna have a designer make something for me. Who are some of your I, favorite I have. Uh, I've had Florence Deline make me something earlier mm-hmm. on. Uh, she made my first Selena costume, mm-hmm. um, the purple one. I've had black and white stripe uh, Pirouetta yep. make me my second one. Uh, has she made anything else for me? She hasn't, but I, I almost commissioned her for something else recently, but I'm like, I got to be careful with my spending. Uh, I just moved to Jersey, so like my living situation is great, um, but I'm spending more than I used to. That's fair. Um, That's valid. Uh, so Florence Delee, uh, Prioretta, um, Viva Dahlia made something for me once. Um, Vicky Villanueva used to make stuff for me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm waiting on my daughter Katrina to make me something, but she keeps on giving me the runaround. Not like she's busy or anything. Oh, she's super booked. I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> very, very much so, and well deserved. 
Yeah. I had someone message me just out of the blue there at one of her shows being like, she's my favorite drag queen. It's like, she's good. Talented. I love hearing that. So COVID has taken a toll um, on the entertainment industry, forcing many of us to remain creatively active while in-person gigs were in hiatus. How did lockdown and quarantine affect you as an artist? I became bearded. Uh, <laughs> to start. There it is. Uh, I became a bearded queen during COVID, uh, during quarantine. Uh, I also lost my day job temporarily during COVID. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely like in bed, butt naked, drinking wine all day, every day. Because yeah. I didn't know when I was going to get out of this. Um, what, I, what I ended up doing is right off the bat, I think within like the first week or two of COVID, um, I started doing an Instagram story alive every Tuesday, I think it was, or every Monday. I think it was every Monday. Makeup Mondays. Uh, Makeup Mondays. Uh, and so <laughs> every Monday I would have a different person. Well, first I started off by myself, but I like interacting with people. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I also find it more interesting when you're able to talk to other people while you're doing stuff, like putting on your makeup, like you would backstage at a show. Um, so every week I would have a different persona join me on Instagram and we would do our makeup together and just talk shit. Now what you had about a, that is I was able to get people from outside of New York to also partake. Absolutely. Now you had people all the way from Yuha to Britta to uh, Carrie Kerning, Svetlana. Who are some of your favorite people to paint with? Um, well, my drag family is always fun to get backstage and talk shit with. Mm-hmm. Um, I Reefy Royalty is another great one. He, he yep. he's a great one to kiki with. Uh, Britta, I've known from the beginning of her career. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a queen in Florida who I'm I call my drag cousin uh, her name is Kala Croqueta and I met her about five or six years ago when she was starting her drag career in Florida and she's become a big queen in Florida since um, so yeah just anyone really I love that um, did it help ease the, the fear of not being able to perform live doing a show like that um, it helped a little bit, but I, I kind of got very repetitive and set in my face because it's, yeah. so I would like, I like, I would like working with hibiscus because hibiscus likes to like change her face up mm-hmm. every once in a while. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Or Reefy's another one who does that also from time to time. Um, but my, my creative juices aren't as flowing as some other people's. And something else to help during the pandemic was Katrina started doing these virtual shows. Yeah. Um, which at first I was like, whatever, sure. I'll, I'll partake because I'm family. Um, but after watching the first one, and they were always themed. Um, after watching the first one, I got really into like, okay, so the next one has to have like this storyline for this music video. And like, what are we going to do? And I need to be outside because I'm tired of being indoors and filming shit inside. Um, so each, each, every month or two, whenever she would do when it, it just got, we all just got excited to do stuff and see what each person would bring to the table. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was producing with Harry Grande for um, a good chunk of time doing the digital shows. And it was, it was still rewarding to be able to bring everyone together and, and mm-hmm. still be able to celebrate our art form, even though Correct. it's in a digital format. Did you learn anything about yourself having to put yourself on film as opposed to performing live? Uh, I don't like it because I missed the applause. I missed the interaction. Yeah. I missed the physical tips. <laughs> that's that's the key. <laughs> um, 
I also I I still haven't learned how to edit things, so I would always have to like record it all, send it to Katrina. I'm like, do whatever you want, yeah, edit it however you like. Uh, so that also drove me a while that like, I, while I didn't take the time to learn anything, I also had no control of the editing process. There. But that's yeah, all on my own. That's all me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people did learn and took up new skills during this period of time. Um, I mean, I did not really edit much um, because I just put the things together and I was like, here you go, watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, a lot of people have now developed that skill. And I think that's a good evolution to what we can now bring to live performances as well. Oh, totally. We can't leave it all to Sasha Valor and her projection. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Sasha. So you mentioned starting off around season three as Ari. How mm-hmm. would you say that nightlife has evolved since you entered the scene? Oh, uh, well, with each year you get, there's always the two seasons of crops of queens that come up. Yeah. They either come up during Pride or they come up during Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, every year there's an influx of new queens of baby queens um, during the scene. I think with season, I want to say 10, or nine and on, there's been a very big influx on looks with queens having to turn looks. Um, That's definitely something I see more and more with parties where like a queen has a turn to look for a party and um, bigger, better, flashier, whatever the case may be. Um, And with the younger queens, I still feel, I don't feel anything. I, I don't know where we're going with that. Um, yeah. I, I, there's definitely, there's, I feel like there's more of a, a drive to like looking a certain kind of way or looking flashier, uh, more attention grabby. Um, and then of, of course, everyone has to do dip splits and cartwheels and whatnot, which at my age and my stature is it, not as easy to pull. And if you can't do that, you got to do a reveal. And that takes a lot of money, too. That also does take some, yeah. Is there anything from the quote-unquote before times uh, in nightlife that you wish would come back to today? Um, I, well, I always, leave it, I always miss Saliva, which used to be mm-hmm. at the Ritz. Um, and I've, Look Queen was trying to replicate that energy, but I don't feel like it did. Um, Saliva was a show that was run by Thorgy Thor and Azrea um, at the Ritz every Tuesday, I think around midnight. It was never, it never started on time. What show um, ever does? And it definitely felt like a show that was by the Queens for the Queens. Sure. Like, I don't feel like we ever cared about the actual audience that was there <laughs> that wasn't drag, wasn't part of the drag scene. Yeah. Uh, it definitely wasn't the case during the pageants. The the, pa- the pageants were thrown for us by us. Uh, <laughs> we were always trying to one up one another, or and like how can we gas the next girl out, you know? And Absolutely. so that there was something about that that camaraderie, that camaraderie and that c- competition vibe that I miss and I loved um, that I don't feel like exists anymore, or could probably be replicated. That's fair. Now. What makes a drag artist have longevity in New York? Um, I think a combination of talent, personality, easy to work with, um, 
I feel like whenever you have drama, it backfires. Uh, it look, um, if you're if you can't handle your liquor, that's also an issue. I personally don't like when I perform. I'll drink during my shows, but I drink. I, I nurse when I'm performing. Yeah, absolutely. And then like once the show's over, that's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> but like until that paycheck is in my hand and like you know my job is done, I can't get messy. Absolutely. Unless it's my birthday show, and that's a different story. Yeah, I mean birthdays. Birthdays don't count. You can do whatever you yeah. want. Your birthday. My my favorite thing now at Stonewall is I'll be like, if if you almost, if someone's gonna give me a shot, one make sure it's a shot that I'm drinking. Don't give exactly. me a shot. I, I don't drink tequila shots like that. <laughs> um, so find out from the what I'm drinking. Buy me a shot of what I'm drinking and give me a ten dollar tip with a shot. Because if the show goes wrong, I need to be able to cover my ass at the end of the <laughs> night. That you know what that that's that's a good th- thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, drag families, you have one of the most prominent ones in New York City. Why are drag families important in nightlife? Um, I don't know if they're important, but they are uh, definitely something that stands out. Um, I think, at least in my case, I feel like I'm very close to my drag. I literally live with my drag son. Um, <laughs> I'm very close to my drag family. I check in on them daily. Um, I we touch base on a regular basis. Um, we all bring something different to the table, but at the end of the day, I think as as Kikis, we all try and have a good time with our people, with our audiences. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of drag families that are not united or not as like. I'm not going to say names, um, but there's certain people who are like, are, this is my drag mom, and I don't feel like there's any relation besides you saying that. Right. Or you guys don't hang out together on a regular basis. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll support each other's shows. We'll be in each other's shows from time to time. Um, and I think that also helps with the family camaraderie between the, the four, four of us, possibly five. <laughs> The family keeps expanding and changing every now and then. But the core right now, it's me, uh, my drag son, Mel, Lola, and Katrina. Uh, Katrina has a daughter, a, a daughter in the making uh, who's real okay. Yep. Um, at the beginning of my drag career, Britta was my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're, we, we refer to her as my foster daughter, and I'm her foster mom. Um, I feel like and she's had multiple people claim motherhood at some point. Yes, yes. Well, when I when we when she came out, it was me and Lauren or, or that right. Lauren Order were her moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I know Keisha Carr now apparently is one of her moms. Right. Uh, and I think there's a few other ones also. Um, I mean, and at the end of the day, and when it comes to drag families, you can have as many absolutely parents, and as long as they all help and support, that's all that matters. Will there be another Kiki family photo shoot? Yes. I'm so looking forward to We've it. We've talked about it. It's definitely in the works. We're just trying to figure out what the theme is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, I guess, costumes from there. Because for the, 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 the coven, which one in the park that we shot, uh, Katrina made all the costumes out of the same material for us, which was really awesome. Yeah. Um, and we, I think we kind of want to maybe lean into that again on some level, but we haven't decided yet. We also have really discussed trying to do like a family Christmas photo, like get a functional <laughs> Christmas photo. I'm here and for I it. Definitely, I definitely want to visit that at some point. Um, That'd be cute. 
we were almost did it this year. We definitely was like we all had talked about costumes and everything, but we just didn't. Well, now now so. that you now that you have a grandchild, you can totally do it. Oh God. <laughs> So you've had a chance to entertain at so many venues, old and new, dead and alive. Yes. What are some of your what are some of your favorites? Uh, Stonewall is always a favorite, just because mm-hmm. it's the, the one place that really gave me a shot from the very beginning. Um, it wasn't the first place I started working with, uh, working on a regular basis, but it definitely was um, the one that gave me the longest opportunity, and it still does. Um, but I also used to bartend there in drag, and that led to me meeting a lot of people in nightlife because uh, every Sunday they would have a different queen or performer host, right. and so they would bring their circle of, of performers, and so that allowed me to meet so many people, um, which was awesome. Uh, gym bars where I currently do karaoke. I love that gig in general, and the space is, it was very intimidating going in. I'm the only drag performer at that venue. Right. Um, and I was like, it's, uh, it's jocks. It's gotta be all jocks and like muscle heads in there. And that's not at all the case. Um, it's a very diverse group of people who go to that bar. Um, and they also have like the tallest glasses of alcohol. Very Um, important. It's during happy hour. It's very important. Very important. Their happy hour is always jam packed. Um, and so I love working with them. It's all guys and it's, they're all like brothers. We would just celebrate. We just did our holiday party like two weeks ago mm-hmm. at um, the bowling alley in Chelsea Piers. Mm-hmm. And we were all just kikiing and like eating wings and throwing balls at pins. Okay. Um, yeah, we all, it, it, the, the five people in, our, in my lane, we all picked, um, for the first two rounds, we were all Disney princesses on the board. And for the st- <laughs> for the third and fourth round, we were all Disney villains, and so that was okay. fun. Who yeah. did you pick? Um, well, I got there late, so I had less options. But uh, <laughs> I was Tiana for princess. I wanted Ariel, okay. but uh, uh, the only black guy in the, in our lane chose Ariel. So I thought it would only be fair for me to choose Tiana. And <laughs> and then um, for villain, I chose Cruella because someone else had chosen Ursula. Now, we were just talking about some of your gigs. You are booked and blessed between Jim Bar, Stonewall. You, you got Lucky Chang's. Mm-hmm. What keeps it all fresh and new for you? Um, the audiences, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, at Jim Bar, I have a, like a handful of regulars, but it's always different people. Um, sure. And it's always reintroducing myself. As, as Arikiki with the lopsided lip and Arikiki with the beard, I'm not a fishy queen, so I already have the stacks against me when people first see me. They're like, what is this? Sure. What, what are they going to present? And I always have to, like, come out with the tattoos on my arms that are, like, my quotes and my mantras of, like, don't take life too seriously, and a day without laughs is a day wasted. And that's basically it every time. I'm just, like, this, I'm just here to have a good time with you guys. I Hopefully I, I, you were able to forget your problems, forget your cares while I entertain you. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it for me. You have to adapt your shows depending on the clientele and venue. Uh, not too often. Um, I'm, I'm currently someone's we're, we're, I'm waiting to hear from some people who want me to do something with kids mm-hmm. and I'm very foul mouthed. <laughs> Fair. And, and slightly raunchy. 
Um, so I'm just like, I'm wondering how that's going to come across when we get, if and when we have to cross that bridge. That's fair. Um, but for the most part, no, I try and read the audience um, beforehand. Um, when I was doing shows up at Guapos uh, in Yonkers with Angel and Shay, um, it was mostly an urban crowd. So I would like lean to like urban songs. Um, when I'm in, let's say Lucky Chang's, it's mostly tourist. So you want to go for stuff that's well known, people can sing along sure. to. Uh, I mean, I've been doing a drag now. This is my 11th going on my 12th year. Um, something that also I, I, my cheat sheet is going to music from my high school years because that's stuck in my uh-huh. head. Yeah. So anything that's like a throwback from when I was in high school is easy for me to pull out of my ass. Mm-hmm. And since uh, you're tearing out my heart, is like an easy go to karaoke track Absolutely. that everyone jumps on. I'm here for it. Now <laughs> I hear you're going to be taking a little journey down south to Miami. I uh, am. Tell us about this trip. I am super, super, super stoked and excited for this. Um, so for the past, I want to say three to five years, I've been working with Urban Bear, um, mm-hmm. which is run by Robert Valen. Um, they do a street fair on Father's Day. Is that, wait, is that theirs or is that uh, Folsom Street East? Folsom I think that's Folsom East. Street East. Yeah, I think it's on Father's, Father's Day. Day. Um, they do, so then their street fair is later on in the year. Um, but they do a street fair, a similar vibe. Um, and so I've been performing at that for the past few years. And then he also started last year during the summer, he was doing a monthly party at the Brass Monkey on 12th Street. And so he had me basically run, like I was one of the main queens for that throughout the entire summer. Uh, and so he just liked working with me. And so... I guess the party's name has built a reputation outside of New York. And so um, we're going down to the Eagle in Florida uh, to do a street fair um, down in Wilton Manors on Saturday, March. (laughs) I should know this. March 26th. It's from one to eight o'clock in the afternoon, evening, whatever. Um, and so they're paying for us to fly out there and perform at that. I'm heading down there a little earlier because I do know some queens in Florida. Uh, and I'm, I managed to knock in uh, three or four additional gigs on top of that. Nice. Have you been yeah. to Miami before? Yes, plenty. I have family in Florida. I'm Puerto Rican and Cuban. So the Caribbean's just across the street. Yeah. I, it's one of my dream places to go. I've always wanted to You haven't to been? Visit. I've never been to Miami Oh, come on. Uh, unfortunately, so unfortunately for me, I am, um, I know it's a little taboo to say right now. I am very much a Disney gay. Uh, so when I go to Florida, it's for there Disney. There you go there. No, I told totally so. you. Oddly enough, I used to work at a Disney store. Mm-hmm. Plan on going to a Disney. I have never been to Disney in my life. It's it's my favorite place in the world. It I'm really, like, really one, maybe when I get into a relationship, I'll go mm-hmm. to Disney. I'll, that'll be my special moment. I I have been... Many times, my family has uh, the Disney Vacation Club, so we we can use those points to get a nice hotel. Nice. Um, I haven't been in nine years. I have wow. not been able to go in nine years because of just a lot of Whatever. things happening in yeah. life and everything. Have you ever uh, been to the one in California? 20, 21 years ago was the last time I was there. Um, so hopefully, if World of Wonders is listening and we'll give you press comps for DragCon, I'll get to go again. But we'll uh-huh. see. 
we'll, we'll see if that happens. But I, I'm a huge Disney person. Uh, we were supposed, I was supposed to go last uh, March, and I had to postpone that because I had my back issue and I, you know, mm. couldn't walk. So you can't do Disney without you can't walking. do Disney without walking. Uh, and then we ha- we're going to go for Christmas. and We had to postpone it. So this one, it's going to happen. Crossing fingers. End of May, hopefully. We're going to play our first game. Are you ready? Okay. We are going to play finish the sentence. I'll give you a sentence. Oh, Easily finish it. Uh-huh. All right. So these are all for you. My favorite color is purple. If I were an animal, I'd be mm. I don't know why I want to say butterfly, but I'm going to say butterfly. My favorite food is pizza. My or biggest chops. All right, all right. Um, my biggest fear is um poverty my dream vacation is uh where i won't have to worry about money my greatest flaw is Mm, my false sense of ego my biggest pet peeve is uh people who talk during drag shows yep my signature feature is in what sense just yourself as a person uh, my laugh and my NYC drag crushes. Ooh, who's current? <laughs> That's the million dollar question, right there. Uh, who's the current one? I have a couple. All right, um, I'm not gonna say him. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, who do I say? Uh, who do I say? You can also play the fifth if it's easier. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Hold on. Let me look at my folder of screenshots. Maybe that'll help. Oh, my God. If anyone saw my screenshot folder, oh, I'd be in so much trouble. And you said NYC was the keyword, right? NYC. Um, I'm going to say uh, a toss-up between... So I just stumbled across uh, this. I met this artist um, when I was up in Yonkers. Um, they do oil paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he does really graphic oil paintings oh boy um but then he also posts very graphic photos uh so his uh his ig handle is underscore art underscore by underscore dan underscore all right i'll say that uh and then also surprisingly jackie cox you know what gorgeous gorgeous you know what that 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 drag race show made jackie cox super trade well, you know what? I, I never I worked with Prada. Um, I work with Prada every year for yeah. her benefit, and Prada and Jackie are super close. Yeah, and I never like looked at Jackie in that way. And then she got on Drag Race, and she got Same. super like, "Let me just yeah. show my body off." And I'm like, "Excuse me, sister." <laughs> yeah, I mean, Drag Race Jackie is a very different person than pre Drag Race Jackie. Right, correct. But I love it. I'm here for yeah. it. All right, we love to go behind the music and learn about our guests' signature numbers. What would you say is your signature number and how did it become your signature number? 
I have a handful actually um, that are signatures. Mm-hmm. Um, the right away default people will say is WEPA, I want to say by Gloria Stefan. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I shit on that one for a good number of years. Uh, it's always a good song to start my show with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it's bilingual. Mm-hmm. Another one is Hideaway by Kaiza. Sure. Um, that one became a staple due to a couple of factors. Um, I believe I was introduced to it by James Barker, who I believe is actually a producer on the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also a DJ. Um, or he used to be a more frequent DJ in the city. Now he lives in, in California. Um, and I believe he introduced me to the song and I like fell in love with it. I saw the music video, fell in love with it even more. Started performing it at Stonewall. Chauncey would play it every time I was there. So it just became like a regular staple and I would have like this whole dance routine to it. The key part of the, the, the number though, and this is, this is actually the song I travel with whenever I go to another city. This is my song of choice. Um, the songs like, the song has a part where it just goes, ooh, ah, yeah, ah, ooh. And so I basically do some sort of injury to myself that causes <laughs> me to Peter Griffin my knee mm-hmm. during that whole part of the song. Um, that. So that, that's another staple. Uh, I got to see her open up for Mika whoa, a year ooh. and a half ago, two years ago. Okay. And she, of course, did that song. But she's very talented. Yeah. And she stands out with the red hair. Yep, she sure does. Uh, there were rumors that she was going to be a guest judge on the first season of Canada's Drag Race. It never happened. I'd like to see Maybe it. next season. I hope so. Or or the rumored uh, Canada's Drag Race versus the world. I mean, yeah. I'm not... If it's anything like this bullshit that we just witnessed, um, I, I could do it out. I mean, listen, it'll be different because it's not Rue's judging it. It's Brooklyn Heights. I don't mind. It wasn't even the judging. It's just the fact that you all just traveled across seas to get pins and the chance to sing with rue i mean the, Where's there the is, money Al- alona verily did break her silence and said that they did each get a stipend yeah um, i know they get paid and stuff like that but it's not the same yeah well this apparently was a stipend specifically for looks which i'm like i don't think that can be true because jujube did not use it she pocketed that money then oh she totally pocketed that <laughs> oh oh god she the oh, choices now indeed Drag roulettes. They are a staple at drag shows. What songs or artists do you wish were requested more often? And are there any songs or artists that you wish people would stop requesting? This is your chance to speak to the audience now. Tell them, stop it! Uh, I don't think there's anything that should be stopped. Uh, I think Fair. if you want to listen to it and you're willing to tip, by all means, let's hit play on it. Um, $100 for Divine Gravity. Yeah, fine by me. I've done it before. Promise you I have. <laughs> Um, I uh, I personally like pulling obscure choices when people will do roulette. Yeah. Uh, I'll purposely yell out at an all-female drag show, Barry White, give me some Barry White because the, the queens are totally stumped. They're yeah. like, who the fuck requested this? Give me some Lionel Richie. Give me something yeah, I, that you not... I... There are certain performers that when I would go to shows and they would do the drag roulettes, they know me well enough to know that I am an asshole to them. Yeah. Like I would literally go to people and be like, "Baby Shark, do it. I'll yeah. give you money for it." Exactly. And they would do it, and I'd be. So and happy. I love that. I I like that. One thing I Chauncey would do um, when I used to do Riot when it was a group of us doing Riot. Uh, 
it would go on for so long sometimes because Chelsea had a few shots in him. He didn't realize how out of breath we were at a certain point. But um, he would start the roulette with like popular music. And then at some point, he would give us a segment of just curveballs. Um, he would start like, I would hear um, I Will Survive's music. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great, fantastic. Let me go up there. And then it'd be like the Spanish Celia Cruz version. And I'm like, you asshole. I can't, I can't, I don't know the lyrics. Uh, right. Oh God, that's funny. Um, but then from there, he would do like a whole segment of like ballads and then a whole segment of like Broadway musicals. And it was great to have like a segment. Yeah. I like the segments because um, that gives us all a chance to like shine in different ways. Absolutely. Well, music is universal. It brings people together and helps give us a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtracks of your life. Welcome Oof. to Ari's Ultimate Playlist. So okay. I'm going to give you a prompt and you are going to pick a song that fill, fulfills it. Okay. So number one, a song that reminds you of summer. Fantasy by Mariah Carey featuring ODB. A song that screams love. I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston. A song that gets you in the mood to party. <clears throat> Something by Lizzo. Lies. Incorrect. No, not that. I take that back. <laughs> um, always gets me hype. Wow, why am I drawing a blank? I just had this conversation with my niece. She's prepared. She's doing a wedding. She's getting married. Now she's doing a wedding. She's getting she's doing a wedding. <laughs> and I'm like, you can always do these people to like give you a vibe. Where was it? Share. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go anything by Share or Dua right. A song from your childhood. Um. <laughs> Dominic the Donkey. I'm here for it. A song that reminds you of your first job. My first job, uh, part of your world. I used to work at Disney Store. That was my first job. A song you listen to after the gig. Uh, what would I listen to after the gig? Something by Kylie. Love it. A song that gets stuck in your head. Baby Shark. <laughs> I apologize. Um, a song from your favorite movie. Oh, a song from my favorite movie. Um, my favorite movie is Clue, but there's no music in that one. Um, what else? And I just saw West Side Story, but I don't want to lean into that at all. I hate West Side Story. Uh, anything from Greece is fun. Love that. And finally, the song that made you who you are. Ooh. I will say Faith Evans' Love Like This. That was Great. one of the first songs I performed in drag. I love that. Well, alongside Vicky Villainous, you are the co-host of the Glam-nominated Shade Parade podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about the show. So it came about between a marijuana drug-induced evening 
alcohol on my end, weed on hers, weed and alcohol on hers. <laughs> um, we just we were like, we're so funny together. We should start recording. And so we would record ourselves just having random conversations in a room. Um, and we would post them very sporadically. We also were um, really close friends with Grizzly Kiki, uh, Daniel and Robert. Um, and so we would work, we would, co- we would uh, cross over to their podcast at the very beginning of ours when, when theirs was still going on. And little by little, we started getting like a small group of people listening. And then Ronnie's friend DJ uh, reached out and was like, I want to help you guys produce this. You guys are funny. You just need like more help. And so he invested in sound and visuals and a whole lot of shit. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, And so we started recording at his place for like the past two, three years until the pandemic hit and then we all had to go remote. Um, But it was just two people of color talking shit and trying not to get, uh, not to put our, our... our foot in our mouths talking shit about nightlife <laughs> in New York. Yep, I hear that. I mean, there have definitely been things that I've said on my podcast that I will a couple weeks later be like, okay, who Ooh. listened to this and who am I going to get in trouble with and who's going to recall something I said? Because I, I I record quite often because I do the recaps and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I haven't gotten myself in trouble, shockingly, that I know That's of. Good. That I know of. There, I'm sure there is probably a group text out somewhere that the people listen to and, and, and share sound clips. But that's the fun part about podcasting. When you have a really good co-host or guest, you can say anything you want and you'll, doesn't matter. Who cares? Okay, you're having a good time. Exactly. What makes your show so special? Uh, I think it's a, it's a combination of, again, we're both people of color. We both come from different backgrounds. I, I will say we're both, I want to say from like middle-class backgrounds, but he's from Maryland and I'm from New York. Um, and it's, it's, again, the hustle of New York and how as, as, we're, as we're literally dealing with this on the podcast now, we're like Ronnie's being dealt the, the hard hand of life while I'm over yeah. here thriving. Um, it's just a very real experiences. Yeah. You always take pop culture references and cartoonify the Shade Parade team into those characters. Uh, who have been some of your favorites and who should we look forward to in the future? Um, so we've done, the most recent one was Team Rocket from Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that was uh, the girls from Clueless. Uh, before that, I have to look back at the photo references. Now, who gets to decide what cartoons and who and the references? We we both discuss, we both pitch, and then it's um, reaching out to the artist to get uh, stuff made. Um, it's just whatever resonates with us at the moment. Love that. Uh, the yeah. So the, the I think the first one that got us started was uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. and that's around. We decided on that one around the time that the Birds of Prey movie was going to come right. out. Um. And then Clueless was just something that we all kind of like leaned into because it's something that we all grew up with. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the Pokemon one was the most recent one. And there was no, I don't know why. I think just because we're both, she's a villain. And I, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, people think I'm nice, but I'm also kind of dark-sided in my own way. And listen, Pokemon's never gone away. It, 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 it's, yeah. it's the company that's never going to die. It's ever. wild. It, it's right there with Disney. It's crazy to me. I mean, I, um, my brother and I collected like the first round of Pokemon cards and Mm -hmm. we're in the process of like getting rid of things and we're selling stuff and selling the Mm -hmm. cards right now. Uh, we have the first, um, all of the first base set shadowless Pokemon cards that we've given to an auction house, um, missing one card, which is a Charizard, which is like $2,000 right now, but we have all the others and they're anticipating it can go for anywhere from four to six thousand dollars. And it's like Dag. for a hundred and three pa- pieces of paper, right? Sure. And I have like a thousand more to go. We were yeah, we yeah, were testing sure. this company out That's first. Amazing. Like, I can make money off of stupid pieces of paper. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm a doll collector, so I I, I can relate with my. Hobby. Do you have any dream guests for the shade parade? Um. We want to reach out to drag girls that are outside of New York. Um, mm-hmm. We just haven't as of yet. Uh, one of the ones we've talked about getting is the Vixen because we both sure. feel like the Vixen was given a bad edit on, mm-hmm. on the finale. Yeah. And uh, especially with the bullshit that Rube pulled off. And so we're mm-hmm. like, she, she was totally talking truth and like she was just gaslit and then yeah. and just really badly edited uh, just on the finale because the rest of the show she was great yeah we're gonna play another game you ready Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with the website cameo you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price but each celebrity has a different cost in this game you have to guess who costs more and we're gonna do the drag race edition which is what we usually do um yeah, these are interesting interesting prices for some of these queens. I'm very intrigued about this, actually. Yeah, all right. We're going to start off with Alyssa Hunter or Alexis Mateo. Who costs more? I would assume Alyssa uh, Mateo. Alexis Mateo is more. She is $50. Uh, Alyssa is 40 Next up, we have Ariel Versace or Derek Berry. <laughs> Derek Berry. It is Derek Berry, $100. Ariel Versace, only $50. Next, we have Jasmine Masters or Charlie Hydes. Oh, I would hope it's Jasmine Masters. It is Jasmine Masters. She's only 40, and Charlie is 35. Okay. Whatever happened to her? I don't know. You would, you would think we would hear more about her with Drag Race UK. No one talks about her. Is she, is she still doing her own content, or does she just stop? <laughs> I have no I idea. I used to love her content before she was on Drag Race. She was great. Yeah, she was wonderful. Yeah. All right, next we have Coco Montrese or Mayhem Miller. Mayhem? It's actually Coco. She's 75. Mayhem is 35. Okay. Next Wait, is... Wait, how much G- is Coco? $75. God damn. Okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> next we have James Mansfield or Tempest DuJour. Uh James. That's correct. She's 50. Tempest is $20. <laughs> there are some non-drag race girls from New York who charge more than that. All right. <laughs> next is Jiggly Caliente or Thorgy Thor. Mm. I 
I want to say Thorgy. It's actually Jiggly. She's 65. Thorgy is 54. Because I know Jiggly does sales on her stories every once in a while. <laughs> uh, next up, Lala Ree or Tina Burner? Lala Ree. That is correct. She is 109. Tina Burner is 50. Next we have what I know random price. number. Next we have Laganja Stranja or Orion Sori. Two uh, weed smokers. It's definitely Laganja. She is 75. Orion is 25 because she probably didn't know how to change the price. Um, next we have Morgan McMichaels or Angina. Ooh. I'm gonna say Morgan. It's actually Angina. Angina is 100 and Morgan is 40. Wow, yeah, what a price difference. Next, we have Rockham Sakura or Stacy Lane Matthews. <laughs> this one's difficult, and I don't know which one to pick. Uh, I'm gonna say Rockham. It's actually Stacy, she's at 70, and Rockham is at 35. Okay, Tatiana or Tammy Brown. Tammy Brown, it is Tammy Brown, she is 60, and Tatiana's 45. And finally, how much can you get a Tamisha Iman cameo for? <laughs> No shoes I'm, included. No shoes included, correct? No so, shoes included. I'm gonna say a hundred. She's at 60. She's finally okay. learning her, her worth. Her actual yeah, finally getting there. Drag race has gone mainstream and played a huge part in the local drag scene. What is the biggest change that has come because of drag race? That I've witnessed in New York? Yeah. Um the biggest change I've seen is more girls want to keep on getting on it. Yeah, it's, it's true. Is nightlife competitive? Yes. For the good or the bad? Both. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think there's, so, there's definitely some pros to it and there's definitely some cons. I think when girls undersell their value for a show to be able to snag a show, I think that yeah. works against everyone. Yeah, it definitely... It, I mean, I feel like the new generation of drag artists who um, kind of emerged post pandemic, um, they didn't really get to experience how they should enter the scene properly. And, and it caused some issues recently. Yeah. I'm not sure what you're referring to. I'm actually curious to see what you're referring to, but um... it's just a, a, just a drag competition and, and how things were paid and not paid. Oh, and... Uh, okay. That I recall. Yes. Um, yeah. And also I just find it funny how, I've been doing drag almost 11 years and the standard rate from a bar is about the same still. Yeah. No inflation. But those drink costs go up. I just got a raise at a gig uh, recently and I'm just like, I'm just now getting a raise at a gig. Like, Yeah, it's crazy. It, it, insane. But if you could give one piece of advice to a drag performer just starting out, what would it be? Uh, be humble. Um, pay, your, pay your dues. Mm -hmm. um, if you appreciate what a queen is doing uh don't be afraid to reach out to her tell her that and see how they can mentor you in some way love that diversity and visibility are still not so great in nightlife how can bar owners venues producers and other drag artists do better at hiring artists and employees of color how can they by just doing so uh <laughs> Uh, I mean, I my so I I do the monthly show at Stonewall. Um, mm -hmm. Before it was a charity show. Post pandemic, it's been me and just one guest. 
Uh, and that's how it started. I probably could have more now if I wanted to, but I'm not, I'm paying out of pocket for this. Right. Um, but I definitely purposely only booked queen performers of color, both male and female presenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that started even back then when I used to work at Booth and Saddles. Right. Uh, when my Tacky Tuesday show, when I would have a guest, I would always like feature up and coming. I never repeated a guest at Booth and Saddles um, except for Pride. Um, I would always try to have a new performer. Uh, for me, new performers are not competition. Everyone has to start somewhere. Sure. And you're only going to learn if you're given a stage to perform on. Yeah. So I, I rather help and mentor in that sense and give you the opportunity to see what you can do. And hopefully you grow from there. Yeah, I, I always used to call Boost and Saddles the, the training ground of drag. It is really where people would be able to explore their artistry in it was a daily workshop of shows <laughs> it surely was um you, you could be there from opening to close and someone would be on that stage um uh-huh. may not have someone you wanted to see but someone was there someone would be there um i mean i miss it i kind of i really do miss it but yeah. um life happens things happen and it, it, it's not like a bar was never brought back to life there uh, yeah not the same taste, but not the, the same, same taste venue. at all. Um, still waiting for them to honor those like Queens used to work their agreement that they were going to do. Oh, I love that. I love, I love that ship sail a long time ago. Yeah. Yes. Blame the pandemic, right? Well, we're really going to spill some tea. It is time for everyone's favorite game, Tea Time. I'm going to okay. give you some names from your friends, family, sisters, people you've shared a photo with people who've maybe been on your podcast people you love people you hate we're gonna okay. find out and you're gonna right. share a story some tea whatever you want to say about each person how long do we have <laughs> i mean you tell me let's let's start off with vicky villainess uh i love her uh i hope that things get better for her mm-hmm. um i my door i told her my door's open if you need to crash whenever wherever um yeah. i love working with her and just want the best for her. She's, she's a fun one. Next up, Godiva Romance. So this is Vicky's daughter. Um, also another one I want the best for. She's been definitely on a, on a better trip in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping to have her at Stonewall as a guest in the near future. She's super fishy. She's super fun. She's a great time. Yep. Just like her mom's. Next up, Svetlana Stoli. A crazy bitch, and I love every part of her. Um, me and Stoli started out of Bootsy together. Um, she had a, an early show. Her and Pataya were super close because they were both the imports, the, uh, <laughs> yep. the immigrant girls at the, at the bar. Um, their relationship is no longer the same, but um, Stoli kind of took me under her wing at Lucky Chang's when she started running the show uh, for uh the brunch and so i've become one of her go-to girls every month or two she's not for everyone mm-hmm. she definitely has her own brand and her own views and her own taste if you want sure. to call it that sure um but she, if once you get to know her she's a great human being and i love her absolutely all right another funny lady carrie kerning another nutball uh, I remember <laughs> when I met Carrie, um, 
she and I used to compete. Let me rephrase that. She and I both have a, had a, uh, there was a period where I was very much into men of color. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. And so me and her would like ogle the same guys, <laughs> but she would always snag them because she's like this tall white man. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a genius. And yeah. it doesn't hurt that she comes from the house of Wes. So yeah, very smart. Very funny. Next very up we crafty. have. Yeah, absolutely. Next is Mary Muscles. <laughs> so uh, me and Mary and Vicky all met around the same time. Um, Mary used to go by Cherry Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marvin, as Mary is on the, out of drag, Marvin is one of my best friends. Uh, I can always have a good time with him. There's never been any drama between the two of us. Uh, she's beautiful inside and out as a human being. Love that. Next is Trudy. Oh my God, Trudy. Another amazing human being. Um, Trudy, I met in the audience of Prada. She was friends mm-hmm. with Prodigy Major. Well, she was friends with James, who was also friends with Prada. Um, and she slowly created a character called Trudy, who is this oddball of a human being. Uh, you can't help but love her. I, I miss the fiber where she's done with this character. Um, if you ever get a chance to see her in action, please do so. She is a dancer by nature, um, but Trudy is a, an amalgamation of her love for drag and dance. And now she also works with, I believe it's called Bindle Stiff or Bindle Stuff. Uh, mm. It's a circus. So she's now a clown in the circus. Um, I love that. So amazing. You mentioned her. Let's talk about Prodigy Major. Another sister of mine. Uh, we used to compete at the same drag competitions. She's been doing drag longer than me, but she's younger than me. Uh, and we all kind of like gasped when we found out she was dealing with multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Um, but we've all come together to help her raise money for the for the um, multiple sclerosis society every year, without fail. Uh, she's an amazing dancer, lots of passion, and a, and a great friend also. Love that. Next, we have a former Miss Stonewall, Fifi Dubois. <laughs> Fifi Dubois, um, also a great dancer. Uh, I wish. There was a way for her to lip sync prettier, if that makes any sense. Okay, all right. I, I don't mean any offense by that at all. It's just it's, she makes these faces. I'm I'm known for making reaction faces uh-huh. when people say certain things. Um, but she's a great time. She's a great pageant queen. She knows okay. how to turn out a look, how to turn out a package. Uh, she's won plenty of crowns. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Next up, a lot of McRiddles. <laughs> a lot of McRiddles was a friend I did not expect to have. Uh, she reached out to me to do a show called Rampage at Phoenix Bar several years back. And when she came up to, I remember we went to pitch the show to the bar together. And she told me what, the, what she had in mind. And there's literally moments before the owner comes over. And she's like, I kind of want to do like what Glow does with Kareem and Britta. Uh, but they weren't doing Glow anymore for some reason. I can't remember. I think they had lost that. Uh, they were no longer at G Lounge and Boots and right. hadn't picked them up yet. Uh, and she's like, I kind of want to do something like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm surprised you asked me to do it. I thought you would have asked Britta Filton to do it. She goes, I did. She's turning me down. And 
I'll never forget that she said that to me because I love the honesty. And that's yeah. someone who, who will be straight up and honest with me no matter what. Um, Care for that. She, she's a good time gal. And a real Italian man, if you can <laughs> Next up is Jada Valenciaga. I just reshared a video of hers um, that they posted. Jada, to me, is a very passionate individual. Mm-hmm. Um, she She's pint-sized, but she can pack a mean punch. Yeah. If you ever give her, if you drive her to that way, uh, she she used to have a big chip on her shoulder. Uh, she's eaten it away over the years, and she's a much nicer person. Um, but I think she's severely underrated in nightlife, yeah. and under 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 utilized and under appreciated. She's Absolutely. such an amazing talent, and writing a musical right now. Right. She wrote, yeah, she's written quite a few things. Listen, as someone who's also written a musical, it's not easy. It's, it's not, not easy. the easy thing to do. I can't imagine. Especially trying to produce it as well. Not easy. Yeah. No. Next up, Britta Filter. Britta, my doll. I hope that she is able to overcome whatever she's going through right now. Um, I know she's been, Drag Race dealt her a heavy hand. Sure did. And uh, she didn't deserve it, in my opinion um but that's one of the things she's she's one of the reasons i don't want to ever be on that show uh because you have no way of handling how you get edited and how the audience uh digests you um so she's she's a great human being and i hope that she's able to overcome she's been doing great she's been overcoming a lot she's been doing she does so much for the community and so much outreach Mm -hmm. and so much volunteer work she was doing that before she was on the show. So she's just a very bright light. And I hope that she's able to continue shining. Boom. All right. Next up is someone new to the family. It's Brokay. <laughs> Brokay, I'm still warming up to. I love how Dominican she is. The accent <laughs> is the thickest accent. She is basically Cardi B's love child. Uh, it, it's, she, she kills me. She cracks me up. Uh, she's not an official Kiki yet. She is a Lovelace, but she's not a Kiki yet. Is there a we test? A convers- huh? Is there a test? Well, I like to know a person at least a year before you become a Kiki. Okay. And I've, and I've known her okay for a while, but I've not. Lola was supposed to adopt her first. And then Lola was like, I don't want to deal with this. Um, <laughs> and then Katrina did, decided to take on her. Um, I, I just need to, I need to get to know someone first. And I just like, if my name's going to be attached, I need to, sure. under, I need to make sure that my name is attached to the right person. Absolutely. Um, they also, as thus far, everyone who is a Kiki is of Latin descent. Um, and then if you pass the test, whatever it is, um, you get Kristen on the Stonewall stage with a chicken wing. I love it. I'm here for it. All right. Next up, an honorary member, Hibiscus. Hibiscus, yeah, she is an honorary member. She is part of the House of Kiki unofficially. Um, I love her. She's a sweetheart and she's a shady little bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's so beautiful. She's so talented. And I'm just jealous of how easily she gets thrown in the air. I'll you know, never right? experience that. <laughs> I, every time she performs at Sony Hall and they throw in their air, I'm like, I'm she's going to get impaled. Get she's going to yeah. get impaled. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they just know how to do it. It's crazy. Yeah. Next up, Katrina Lovelace. 
Katrina was like Katrina became part of the house because of Lola. Her and Mm -hmm. Lola were like besties. They would perform a lot together. Uh, Lola was already part of the house and Lola fought to be part of the house. Lola was like, you're going to be my drag mom. And I'm like, I don't want kids. And so she persuaded me and pushed for over a year and she became my daughter. Katrina had a mother. Um, her mom was Princess Bitch. And once uh, Katrina came under my wing, at, I would have her work the door at Stonewall for me at Riot. Um, I just got to know her better. I'm like, I like your vibe. You're super chill. You're no, no drama. Um, and, and I've seen her just blossom as a persona and as a personality yeah. in nightlife in the past few years. It's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's wonderful. Lola Michelle Kiki, what's the tea? Ah, Lola. So I'll tell you a story uh, on Lola. Um, so since we moved here to Jersey, uh, one of the first times she came over, she had just gotten her car. Um, I forgot. I think Ronnie was here. There was a group of us here at the house. We came home from being out at night, wake up in the morning. She has to be somewhere. She can't find her car keys. No. We, I'm sleeping in my room. I don't lock my bedroom door. Um, but I wake up to her going, Ma! Ma! Just sobbing. This terrible scream. I'm like, what? What's wrong? I can't find my car keys. So I'm like, okay, let's retrace our steps. We walk her all around the house. We're retracing the steps. Nothing. I put my, my shoe. I get dressed. I go outside. We retrace our steps out on the street. She's like, maybe it fell down the drain. We look. It doesn't look like it fell down the drain. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you locked them in your car. So she calls the locksmith to break into her car. Um, the locksmith is like, it's going to be like 45 minutes. You go back to the house if you want to go smoke a blunt, whatever. She comes back to the house and lifts up her purse. And underneath the purse is the car keys. And oh, so my she God. Had to pay, she had to pay the locksmith to like not finish the job. <laughs> Because he came out That's already, he had started the process. It was just, we're like, you dumb bitch. Like, <laughs> it's always the purse. It's always the purse. Yeah, it was underneath her purse. She had put the keys on the table and put the purse over the keys. And then I was about to lift the purse. Oh, my God. Well, one more person we got some tea on. Uh, uh, someone who is on the rise in the drag scene, Mystery Mel Kiki. <laughs> Mystery Mel is an awesome individual. Um, we actually bonded. We both ended up being in Los Angeles at the same period of time, uh, mm-hmm. about two, three years ago. Um, and I, I, we had, there have been mumblings of, of them joining the house, but it hadn't been official. And when we found out we were both in LA at the exact same time, we spent the entire week together Um I would support them at gigs they had. They would support gigs that I was at. And then on one day that we were both not working, we we, tra- we traversed the city of Los Angeles to Santee Alley together. Love and it. And that's like, that's like LA's Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Um, we like, I think we had to ride a train to a bus to navigate it on foot. And we had some like random Mexican food and then had to backtrack on the bus and then back on the train. It was just a great experience and a great bonding uh, moment. And as soon as we came back, I'm like, you're, you're your family. That's it. 
I and now we that. live together. There it is. If you weren't doing drag, what would you be doing? Uh, well, I, I have a day job, so drag is not my main source of income. Um, I would hope I would be some sort of performer uh, if I wasn't doing drag. I definitely can't. I have no uh, balance or skill to be a dancer. Um, maybe I would run and join the circus. I don't know. Maybe sure, comedy, right? stuff like stand-up. But I would love to do SNL, but I don't. I know I would crack and break. I'd be Jimmy Fallon all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a hard gig. Now, when you're not hosting karaoke, what is your go-to karaoke song? When I'm not, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, 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 I like to do a different, so when I do do karaoke, every week I try and do a different song to open. I sure. always, I'm always the first person to, I break the ice so no one has to feel like they have to do it. I try and do a different song. I'm trying to lean towards more male songs because I realize I'm not a female and I have no range Fair. to be doing female songs. Um, I think a fun one to do when I'm off the clock. Uh, I love a good ballad or a mid-tempo. Uh, I do. I always do like going to instincts. Uh, it's tearing up my heart. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is a, an easy, fun go-to. I'm here for it. I, I, I now when I, I um, partake in some weed at home, um, I've decided that I'm going to teach myself surface pressure from Encanto, and that will be my debut back into a karaoke. Scene. Oh, work! I, I've been, I've been wanting my family to come through to karaoke so we could all take the parts of doing Bruno. <laughs> I'm here for it. That's funny. We thought about doing it at a sh- at a drag show, but it's just so many parts, and I'm like, we have that's to like have, practice this. this and is that's why you have puppets. You can always have puppets. That's true. It never stop Paige Turner. <laughs> you fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of? Um, honest trailers. Love I em. like to. It, it's a, it's a, okay, you know what it is. So good. Um, I also watch a lot of um, drag queen videos on on YouTube of like like anything by Wow. Mo- mostly anything with Trixie and Katya. Yeah. Uh, Bob and Monet. Um, every once in a while, I'll fall into like old drag, uh, old drag pageant performances. Oh, cool. Um, there's one of this queen, I think it's Dina something, and she gets into full drag on stage during her number. Mm-hmm. Of um, I forgot what the song it is, but I have it saved somewhere. Uh, and I also like watching um movie like comic book movie uh dissections like easter eggs sure. and stuff like that yeah i'm a big comic book a big marvel fan i just finished watching the, the batman i really enjoyed it all right uh so anything where you like give me more insight into what i missed i'm here for yeah i love that honest trailer has basically put all of the dc and all of the marvels into like one long video so i saw that recently I, I use that as background because I've watched them all individually, but I use this background when I needed some noise the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago. It's like, this is, they're funny. It's yeah. really good. Do you have a favorite Marvel hero? She-Hulk is my default. I've been wanting, Ooh. I've been debating about getting her tattooed, but it's I want to see how they soon. do the justice on this TV show. So yeah, I'm nervous, but I think it could be good. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're, they're going to be great. I mean, yeah. the TV shows have been pretty good except for, um, Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, I didn't hit. like it. it didn't it work. Didn't hit, but I feel like She Hulk is going to be great. I agree. 
I got some fan corner questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, this is from Michelle Blyer. She just says, no question. Just happy to combine favorite podcasts. Oh, this is a question Love from her. our good friend, Dan O'Rourke. What is the most underrated song to perform? Uh, what is the most underrated song to perform? Uh, I mean, that's a very broad question. Um, yeah. I, I like, so there's two, these two songs I perform when I'm in a certain mood at Stonewall. They'll put up with me performing them. Uh, one is Glitter in the Air by Pink. Love it. And the other one is Adele's cover of Love Song. Okay. Nice. And this is a question from Emmy Great, who can't use oh, the wow. button to uh, submit a question because she gives me a novel every time now. <laughs> All right. Uh, and it's a hard-hitting question, too. Okay. You've always adapted your drag to the needs of your body over the years, and your evolution reads natural and effortless. Does it come easily to you? Please lead and light the way for the LGBT community that is riddled with gender dysphoria and body dysmorphia. You, you, I think the best way to answer that is do what feels natural and best for you and don't worry about what others think. Um, that's just always like, I, <laughs> I, I naturally win over my audiences by just being myself. Yeah. The bars might not appreciate what I do half the time, but at the end of the day, the audience is here for it. Exactly. So I just lean into whatever the audience is, is, is able to feed off of me. Nice. Well, I always have my previous guests ask my current guest a question, and this is a okay. question from Boudoir Lafleur. Okay. And it probably is going to be a question that you're not going to uh, have an answer for. But her question was, why are you auditioning for RuPaul's Drag Race? <laughs> if I were to audition for RuPaul's Drag Race, why, why aren't I or why am I? Why are you? She wa- I think she thinks everyone's auditioning nowadays. I mean, I've auditioned once. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't be opposed to auditioning again. Um, at the current moment in time, I would love to be the first plus size American winner. Because that still hasn't happened. Right. Um, I, I would hope that I, if I were to go on the show and get, if I were to one audition and two get on the show, that I would three be able to get a decent edit to become at least Miss Congeniality. I never want to win the first time around. I want to be, I want to have some longevity and I want, I'd rather come back for All Stars, which is when you really get to shine. Absolutely. Because at this point, the audience already has invested in you once. Mm-hmm. So now they know what you're coming, they're coming into. Absolutely. Um, and I, I would love to come back. If if so, let's say I get on drag race, <laughs> I win Miss Congeniality, and then I come back on All Stars and I want to be the villain. Mm-hmm. Flip the script. I'm here for it. Listen, if La La Ree can be Miss Congeniality, anyone can be Miss Congeniality. <laughs> oh now is your set of Miss Congeniality? I was shocked it didn't go to Olivia, but I mean, they 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 did have some choice words for her. They they did find her a little shady. I I didn't find Olivia to be super strong on on, on congeniality. That's fair. Now it's your turn to ask my next guest a question. And do I know who your about. next guest is? Or you, do you nope. know? No, uh, okay. nope. You don't get to know. You get to ask anything. Okay, gotcha. You want. Uh, my question for your next guest 
is what do you enjoy the most about what you do in drag? That. We love to try to open up the audience and bring on new guests to Block Talk. Who do you want to hear an interview from in the future? Um, have you? Well, I mentioned her earlier. My friend in Florida, her name is Carla Croqueta. Okay. Um, she's actually going to be in the city next weekend. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get her gigs, but of course it's like the one week where I have no gigs and no, no ability to book her anywhere. Nice. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any other projects you want to plug? Uh, so on Insta and Twitter, it's Arikiki the hot mess. No, Arikiki hot mess. I think. why don't i remember this and then (laughs) if you enter my twitter i apologize it's nothing but porn (laughs) all i look at on twitter and i have no shame um if you follow me if you want to hit me up on venmo or cash app i believe they're both just ari kiki um what else do i have for you to follow follow the shade parade of course even though we're going to take a hiatus after episode 200 um, but we have merch on um, Teespring. Uh, you can follow me. Where else? I feel like there's something I should be plugging. Is there something else? We how many social medias? But I, I think you hit most of them. No, sure I had t- social, are you on TikTok? Social medias are covered. Yeah. Uh, no I barely yet? use TikTok. <laughs> uh, is there something coming up? No, that's about it. I want to say. Follow along and you'll see everything going on. Yeah, that that part. <laughs> well, it was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. The biggest thanks to Ari for coming on. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Thank you.